I'm the best in the world at what I do. I've been the best since day one. On this microphone, in the booth, in my bed, I live it. I breathe it. I am it. Welcome to the Soldier.
Anticipating the day where the next time I was doing this recording that I was going to bring that little tune back out the archives. The last time I brought that out was because we were the champions of the Western Conference. And when I say we, I'm talking about the Golden State Warriors. And I said, no. Even though it says we are the champions of the world. No, 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 not yet. I was patient. I didn't I didn't put the horse before the carriage. I didn't put the chicken before the egg. I did not put, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. No, I knew there was another series that was going to take place. And I knew that I was going to bring this. We are the champions, my friend. And we will keep on fighting to the end. Doom, doom, doom. We are the champions. We are the champions. No time for losers. Because we are the champions. Of the world. And that's not even my fucking warrior's take. Oh yeah. I'm already three minutes in. Welcome. Welcome. To not just another edition. Of the Salty Thoughts of Donnie Oop podcast. Featuring the one and only Donnie O. Best in the world of what he does. No, it's not just another edition, just another episode. It's not even just a championship edition of the Salty Thoughts of Donnie U podcast. No, 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 no. This is a jam-packed fucking weekend. We have the world champions of the NBA that was crowned this past Thursday night. This weekend was a double battle of celebration. We had Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth. And on the same day, we had Father's Day. 
happy Father's Day to all my fathers out there. Donnie U loves you. I want you to know that from the deepest recesses of my heart, Donnie U loves the fathers out there. I'm not going to pierce and say, oh, you know, if you, if you do this to your father, if you do that to a father, listen, I'll just say, if you're in your child's life, Donnie U loves you. I'll keep it short and sweet like that. And last, but certainly not least in my life, what happened this past weekend, or what happened this weekend, depending on where you listen, when you're listening to this, it was the junior high school graduation of my youngest, K. The lovely, lovely K. Yes. So Donnie is in a very celebratory mood. And if you haven't, can't tell by now, Donnie is a little bit inebriated. Just a little bit tipsy. And yes, I am speaking to you from my car studio, but it is strictly a studio that happened to be in a car right now because I ain't driving. I'm parked. I'm on my second cigarette. You know, something just to chase the blue moon, 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 moon. Yeah, I, I, I've kept it. I've kept it strictly blue collar today. Nothing but blue moon. Yeah. Shoot. Next week, I will let you know where I actually started my blue moon journey this week or should i say yeah this weekend but yeah so it's been a very 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 busy and happy weekend for yours truly but before i get into any of my well matter of fact before i get into the actual pod the actual episode i have three three points i want to say in this intro and this is not one of them that I'm about to expose right now. The NBA season is over. The NBA finals is over. We're about a month away from training camps starting to open for the NFL. And we're about a month away. Yeah, we're about, no, about three weeks away from the All-Star break in Major League Baseball. And that's usually when I start getting really in tune to my amazings, especially if they're decent to good. And shoot, we got the best record in the National League, baby. Yeah, Atlanta, don't, what, they won 13 out of 15? Everybody's like, oh, another collapse coming? No, 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 no. This ain't the same old Mets. Aha, same old Mets. So that's Psalm. Yeah. Some same old mess. Yeah, some. Anyway, forgive me. That's the Blue Moon talking. And that you heard is actually some water to hydrate myself. Anyway, but yeah, the, I love this time of year because, yes, even though I am a sports centric podcast that dabbles into politics, that dabbles into music, and dabbles into the lifestyle. Man, actually, I don't dabble in the lifestyle. I just, just fucking talk shit. 
when we get to this part of the year, especially the beginning of the summer, and there's really not much sports to talk about besides my amazings, and they actually gonna give me a lot of fucking material the next couple of weeks to fill in the gaps. This allows me to go on many a tangent, many a tangent, weekly. You know, and sometimes I, I feel like some of the best episodes have actually my summer episodes, you know? But um, I say all that to say, if plans go, right, if everything goes according to plan, next week I will have a guest on the pod. A new, yes, I said, a new guest on the pod. Family, if you, if I do say so myself. He's a very interesting follow on Instagram. If you go to at Tierra Pops, the stuff that comes up on that feed, very interesting, very insightful. And I'm going to try to bring some of that insight into my pod. Cause I got nothing but fucking time on my hands until training camp starts. So yeah, that's what's on tap next week. What's on tap this week, of course, I am going to talk about my Warriors and their thrilling four games to two triumph over the Boston Celtics and the glee, the jubilation in them proving all the naysayers wrong and not only just proving all the naysayers wrong, but rubbing their face in the shit that we left in TD Bank Garden. Yes. And, because I actually really forgot last week until I actually listened to it after I uploaded the episode, I was supposed to talk about the NBA media, specifically Steve, Stephen A. Smith, Draymond Green, especially around that time when the podcast, him having a podcast was like a major talking point. I was supposed to talk about that. And I forgot to talk about it. And I upload that shit. So, being the fact that I got nothing but time on my hands, I'm going to talk about that shit today. Probably get more of a broad stroke, a broad brush of things, as opposed to pinpointing, because just time-wise, you know, the, the situation, uh, yeah, the situation I was going to talk about is going on two weeks old. And if you really actually watch the full clip, it really wasn't as controversial as it first seemed. So that's probably why I forgot about it. Anywho. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what's going to be on deck this week. And, uh, oh. Damn. Where did my mind go? You know, another thing that bring that that's making me, uh, that's, that's ha that has me in a celebratory mood. I forgot to tell y'all last week, too. And I forgot. To even mention it 12 minutes into this fucking podcast this is the thir three year anniversary of the salty thoughts of donnie Ooh podcast yeah i didn't make a big thing of it last year either which is funny because that means i'm just on my grind baby just on my grind you know i love i, I love this game Rick, dude. i was talking to my talking to one of my boys the other day about me reaching three years and it didn't even seem 
that it was three years, you know, and um, and how it started from its meager beginnings. And to tell you the truth, if people are listening to this, if people are listening to this audio right now, they're probably like meager beginnings. Sure, if if it was worse than this, I'm glad I fucking never listened to it. But um, yeah, I was listening to him, and I was well, I should say I was calling, recanting my memories on those very, very meager beginnings and how a lot of the episodes were like 20 minutes long. Matter of fact, the longest ones at the time was 20 minutes long, half hour at the most. When I reached 40, 45 minutes, I was like, oh shit, I was really on a roll. And now, on a weekly basis, I go about 90 minutes to two hours, give or take, depending on what's really got my gander. And, you know, I got the skits, add a little music, touch. You know, I done made this shit a fucking, almost like a TV show. I swear. And another thing, I, I, I was going to tell you in a plug segment, segment, but since it came to my mind, I'll probably forget when I, by the time I get to the plug segment. Your boy Donnie O is now on TikTok. Yes. I'm shocked my damn self. I never thought I'd be the motherfucker that do TikTok. But yeah, if y'all think y'all gonna see some amusing videos from yours truly and actually get a glimpse of this handsome devil that I am, y'all got another thing coming. There will be some content up there eventually. But I just want to let everybody know I'm actually on TikTok now. You can search for me at at Donnie underscore O O O O H O at Donnie underscore O on TikTok. Yeah. So what I was going to do, I figured I've been running my mouth long enough on the intro. So Catch me after the for my three points that I neglected to talk about during this intro. So, without further ado, let's get this shit on the road, huh? Good night, and goodbye.
really can be. Is he for really can be? Besides my admitted love for Redman, especially Muddy Waters, the reason I picked that little track to start this segment off with is just the chorus. Is he for really can't be? Is he for really can't be? And you know who I, time and time and time again, even though I've already, I mean, I, 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 I'm fully in tune with the greatness of what Al, Stephen Curry. He continues to amaze me time and time and time again. Game four in Boston. As I said last week. 43 points, 10 rebounds, I believe 7 assists. Strict, truly a majestic performance. Everybody, the media, especially ESPN, start getting on the dick. Yeah, you know, a performance like this, you know, you got to put him on that upper echelon, the upper echelon. You got to, you got to just give him his props, you know, for the... Finally, especially Max. You know, the more I listen to Max Kellerman, the more I actually understand why Stephen A. did what the fuck he did. Even though the way he did it was kind of messed up. Trust me, I understand. But he's like, yes, first time ever in his sixth trip to the final that he, by himself, put his team on his back and led them to victory. Neglecting the fact that in the past he didn't have to. And that's not saying he didn't have great games. He had he's had numerous great games. He's had some some quiet games, but he's had numerous great great games. You're in the finals as as many times as he has gotten to the finals, you're bound to have a stinker here and there. Up to his standards. So this whole narrative. Shout out to McDowell. This narrative of finally Steph, you know, willed his team to victory. I I I I I I I just can't get with that. 
But I will say, yes, he did will his team to victory. He told pretty much he just he came out into that game and he just said, you know what? We got to get this game and I'm going to do the damn thing and I'm going to drag them with me. Game five. After game five, he had a quiet game. Wiggins, I think he dropped 26 points, 13 rebounds, and a game five victory. And if I had the recording on me right now, if I was in the house, I would be able to do it. But I did kind of predict. Well, I said, my heart says Warriors in six. My head says Warriors in seven. But the scenario that I laid out prior to game one was this. The Warriors would probably split at home. I even said Boston would probably win game one. Then we would go to Boston tied 1-1. I said, if anything, if we were go if we were going to lose a game in Boston, it probably was going to be game three. Then we would get a victory in game four to send the series back to the bay, tied 2-2. And that's where the heart versus head came in. My heart was saying, we're going to win in the bay. We're going to go back to Boston and we're going to close the game, close the series out. My head said we was going to go back to the Bay. We were going to win in, win in the Bay, go back to Boston, lose, and then close them out back in the Bay. Plus, give King Joe another payday. So after game five, in which Wiggins was key to our victory, in which Boston, once again, failed to reach the 100-point marker, the hundred that well the one the century mark against our vaunted D, even though for about two weeks all we heard was about Boston, 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 Boston. Yeah, they were ranked number one. We were ranked number two. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, we don't got they don't they don't got as many two-way players as Boston. What this series proved was actually something that I thought going into the series and Nothing in the series changed my mind. Boston only has two players that can score. Two. Yes, Horford. Yes, game one he had, to, which he had the 26-point miracle. I think he had 16, 17 points in the, in, the, in the fourth quarter. But that was mostly giving up wide open shots. Derek White, you didn't hear about Derek White anymore after, after game three, right? Yeah, vaunted D. Pritchett couldn't even, he was he was fucking unplayable. The only Boston Celtic that I would give credit on defense and really will agree that he is a defensive demon is Robert Williams III. Because every time he was on the court, he was a difference maker. I mean, Poole pulled up from about 27 feet in game six. 
figured he had enough space and enough quickness to get that shot off. Williams blocked that shot. Timed it perfectly. Every time he was on the court, he was a difference maker. He forced, he, matter of fact, I'll give, I'll give them credit. He forced us to go more perimeter based than we really wanted to. We really wanted to pack the paint. We really wanted to get in, get inside to the paint. But when Williams was in the game, just his presence forced us to stay on the perimeter, and then his presence on the perimeter forced us to um, rush our shots. He was a difference maker. Smart's flopping ass? Yeah, all right. Grant Williams? Yeah, all right. Derek White? Yeah. Yeah, all right. So, and proof positive is the fact that Boston, in their four losses, averaged about 93 points a game. In their two wins, they averaged 118. But their two wins and them getting to that 118, 120 point mark was with blistering shooting based on the Warriors just not covering the three. Well, that's, that's what it boiled down to. <laughs> now, game six. Game six was bittersweet for me, for yours truly, for a myriad of reasons. One, my shoe jaw was on some bullshit. Really on some bullshit. Just a rough patch at work. That's all I will say. Those who know what I'm talking about know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. Also, because I pretty much chose to try to light a candle in the wind. I tried my luck. Being the fact that I hit for on the, on the parlay, uh, I believe game four, and wanted like a $100, $100 profit. I figured, well, you know, I got nothing but profit. Let me let me let it ride. Because if what I think and hope happens, this will probably be the last NBA game of the season. So let me ride. So I did two parlays. I did a seven-leg parlay and a nine-leg parlay. Now, the nine-leg parlay, admittedly, that was really... A chance. If I would have hit, would have hit for about fifteen hundred dollars, or for twenty dollar bet. And you know, out of those nine legs, do you know I missed by two? Jason Tatum only coming to the park, coming to the arena and dropping thirteen points. I just knew he was gonna go gun, guns out blazing. He's gonna be at home. They were gonna get hot. They're gonna get hyped. And even in a losing effort, I figured he was going he was going to get at least 25-26. Uh -uh. Didn't happen. The other one, which was really a shock because it cost me my seven-leg parlay, in which I would have won about 500, was Clay Thompson. And it wasn't for lack of trying. I had Clay Thompson over 17 and a half points. I figured game six clay was going to be game six clay. As my brother, 
the Mojo King calls him right now. 6K Clay. I'm going to call him 500 Clay. At least until next year. Because I know he's going to be hot. And yeah, and, and the money going to be in my fucking account probably until at least football season. Because I don't. I don't fuck around. I don't fuck around with baseball. Fuck around with baseball. But yeah, Clay only dropped 13 points in game six. Like, how? I figured that was the gimme. Wiggins, I had like a combination, 20 points. Well, you know, him reaching the 20 mark, um, points, um, points and rebounds. He gave me 18. I know, I, yeah, that was a wrap. But Clay. And when it got to the fourth quarter and Boston made their push and, and cut the lead to eight and Clay was stuck on 13, I'm like, you know what? My parlay is out the window. Especially when J Jason, Jason Tatum was stuck on 13 going into the fourth. I'm like, if he wins and makes lets me hit this parlay, that probably means my team is going to lose. And I... And as warped as it might sound, I wanted the championship, even though it don't do me no difference, more than I wanted to win the parlay. I mean, if they won and I won, great. If they won and I lost, man, shit, what the fucking $20? Mm. Shit, I, I spend that shit on a pack of cigarettes and cranberry juice, you know? Mm. So that's no biggie. But yeah, Clay was 5 of 20. He was hunting his shot. He was off balance a couple times. And like I said, midway through the fourth quarter, Clay stuck on 13. They made their little push. And Steph was like, nah, got to take us home. And take us home, he did. In the final seconds, Steph broke down, started crying with just exuberation. I'm watching it. And I start tearing up for, for, for my own reasons, but I also start tearing up for him because it was almost like, finally, what the fuck are y'all going to say now? Not that I had to do it for y'all, but I'm glad it got done. I have this championship, my fourth, where the majority of these analysts can't even lace my motherfucking boots. Lace my kicks in his case. So what are y'all going to say now? I have my finals MVP. Think about this type of year for Steph. This is what he accomplished this year. He started, and this is when I should have fucking put the boatload on, on the Warriors because I should have known it was Steph's year. It started a little more than two weeks into the season when my Warriors faced my Knickerbockers, my New York Knickerbockers. So either way, it was a win-win. But Steph broke the all-time three-pointers made record in the garden against my Knicks. Ceremony, great. You had Reggie, you had Ray Allen in attendance. 
Right. Then he goes to the All-Star game. And he's constantly hitting shots from 40. That's right. 40. And he takes home the All-Star Game MVP award. Then he gets to the Western Conference Finals. And he is the first winner of the inaugural Western Conference Finals MVP award. And then last, but certainly not least, he ends the season, ends the finals with the finals MVP. What are y'all going to say now? He, along with Draymond, along with Clay, admitted that, yeah, they heard everything. Everything. And even though Draymond went out on Perk, because they remember beginning of the year, Perkins and Dominique Foxworthy on first take were very demonstrative in their belief that Steph Curry and the Warriors would not win another championship ever while they were still on the team. Gave the big fat zero, the big fat donut sign in the camera. Steph said that. But yeah, I remember. I also remember when they when the when the Warriors got knocked out of the play-in against Memphis. Steph said, man, next year we're gonna be a problem next year. Next year's gonna be a problem for y'all. And of course, they were like, oh, yeah, it's easy for you to say. You just got bumped. Da, 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 you couldn't even make the playoffs. When he said that, I'm like, yeah, man. Because look, it took a miracle three by LeBron, blinded, a blinded miracle 35-footer, and yeah, an overtime victory against, with Memphis to keep us out the playoffs and tell you the truth they would have gotten the playoffs Steph would have got his third MVP last year but yeah so Perkins and, and Foxworthy Foxworth Foxworthy Foxworth with demonstrative and they're saying no they're not going to win ever, ever going to win a championship with Steph and Dre and Clay. and, he's, and Steph said it at, at, the, at the press conference Draymond said, "Yeah, I, yeah, I remember y'all. Which y'all were just going saying, which go we were gonna lose, but yet you on TV, and all these, all these, uh, all these costumes, a clown costume, a jail costume. Which yeah, I think Perk be do, doing too much, but I will give Perk respect on this. He stood on it. He's like, look, yo, y'all did the damn thing. I, I was wrong. Y'all, y'all proved me wrong." No, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't do nothing but respect that man, because sometimes, yeah, he be going out of control. He be going way, way, way left, or way, 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 way right, right, or way, way, way back. Whatever, you you get the drift. But um, he stood on it. Dominique probably should just keep the fucking NFL for him to be. You know, but Dominique's always about the jokes. He comes from the Bomani um, school of jokes. 
So, you know, they, they like fucking joking on people. And to his credit, he accepted. He's like, yeah, I got to eat it. What, what do you want me to do? I, I can't do that. I got to eat it. But it was also brought to my attention and also in the media that some people felt that, well, you know, maybe this is just basket of glory of the championship and they should not be concerned with all the haters. No, 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 no. Anybody who knows Donnie, anybody who knows Donnie personally, anybody who knows Donnie on this fucking podcast, no, Donnie is always for the petty because I'm a petty motherfucker myself. So I'm always for the petty. So with Clay bringing up a tweet from the end of March toward the end of the regular season by Memphis Grizzlies center Jaron Jackson saying, yeah, strength in numbers when Memphis beat Golden State without Clay, without Steph, without Draymond, by damn near 30, Clay went on the offensive. Clay called him a bum. Man, shh. <laughs> yeah. Freaking bum. You know he went to say fucking bum. Or, you know, probably off the record, bitch ass, bum ass fool. <laughs> See, even though Clay cost me a combined total of $2,000, that's still my motherfucker. I love me some fucking Clay. Because see, Clay don't give a fuck. Both on the court and off the court. He does not give a fuck. That's what I love about him. And for any slight. And this, and this is another reason why I teared up. Because this man missed two years. Two years. Through the catastrophic injuries. And he was able to come back and be a contributing factor to their finals. Victory. Yes, that's right. Victory. That's right. Victory. Victory. Victory! The one thing I, I, I really regret, I really regret not recording these, this segment, especially right after the victory, the night of the victory, but then I was like, you know what? Everything doesn't need, for be, everything doesn't need to be for public consumption. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm saying, see, I just want to really, really let it soak in. The reason why this this one is sweeter for me than the previous three, even though I was I was cheering along. Like I said, I claimed my fandom to the Warriors when they was at rock bottom. There was no guarantee they was ever coming back on on this fucking platform on this stage. Damn sure, no guarantee they was ever going to win another championship. And I was all right with that. I, was, I really was interested in watching the rebuilding process, watching how they was going to navigate the which got the last couple years of Steph's career. And psh, navigate how they was going to incorporate the young boys. Incorporate Wiseman, Moody, Kaminga, Poole. Incorporate Otto into the culture. Incorporate Wiggs into the culture. So I was looking forward to that. So this to me is icing on the cake. To me. I would never ever proclaim myself to say, yeah, yo, long time coming. No, I can't do that. Because I wasn't in the I wasn't I wasn't in the mud with them 
the majority of those lean years. Yeah, I liked them from afar. I admired them from I admired the plays they had from afar. So I can never say I was day one. But I I never say I'm on I'm on the bandwagon either because I came at the fucking ground floor for the second resurgence, for the second leg. I Man, I say. Fuck the fourth leg, the fifth way, the eighth leg of the fucking dynasty, like none other. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, man. Just to see the joy, the joy in Steph with his family, with his wife, with his with his with his pops. To see. Clay, uh, Draymond step up when it was needed the most. Last two games, game five and game six, especially game six, they smelled blood in the water. They was down 14-2. 14-2. And then we had an NBA Finals record 21 to zip run. There was this point in the game, I think, we had outscored them 37-14, to 14, something to that effect. So instead of the third quarter, we put them to bed midway first quarter, and and that ended up being our margin of victory. It was it was it was a beautiful run. It was a beautiful run. Beautiful run. But you gotta realize when people say, Why, 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 why y'all bragging? No. Every series, it was always who's how are they gonna guard Jokic? Remember that? Some people actually was picked the fucking Nuggets to win that first round. Like, really? Then we we advance. How they gonna stop Ja? Oh, they're hurting Ja. They're hurting Ja. They hurt Ja. Then when we got to Dallas, how are they gonna guard Luca? How are they gonna stop Luca? And then when we get to the finals, how are they gonna stop? The defensive demons that the Boston Celtics are. Who's going to guard Tatum? Tatum. Never once in any of this analysts, any of the breakdowns of any of the series, never once was the question, who's going to guard Steph? How are they going to contain Steph? Never. I was telling somebody, matter of fact, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I was talking and I said, you know, because of the narratives, that's why the media, for some reason, never wants to give Steph his due. His due. Never. Do you know after game five, they almost started the bullshit and like, well, you know, if Steph has another game like he had in game five and Wiggins has another game like he had in game five, especially with his defensive proudness and his defensive uh, work on, on, on Jason Tatum, maybe Andrew Wiggins should be the MVP or at least in consideration for the MVP. Are you fucking kidding me? That's how we got to this place in the first place. When the media wanted to be cute and give it to fucking Iggy, because he held LeBron to thirty-four point double 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 uh, triple double average in the finals, yeah. And to this day, Iggy 
always feels bad about that. And that's why he goes so hard for Steph. But the whole reason of why they did that, especially in those first finals, first of all, they didn't they didn't think that Golden State was going to have to stay in power, or should I say more stay in power than LeBron had at those at their at both of their stages of their career. They also thought it was just a bump in the road. After a while, after that four-year stretch in which it was Golden State and Cleveland every year, and Golden State beat Cleveland, and Steph beat LeBron three to one, the media was pissed off that they could not, without a shadow of a doubt, crown LeBron the greatest ever. How can you be the greatest ever? You just lost three out of four finals series. How? You just lost three out of four championships head to head. But they did not want to give Steph his due. So every year it was always a knock, always a knock, always a knock. And fuck it. So when they have the opportunity to rub it in the opposition, rub it in the naysayer's face, best believe they have every right to do so because it's well, well-deserved. And also because Donnie is a petty motherfucker at heart. So, I have to bid adieu to my warriors until October. I don't know, look, we're so fucking packed and stacked, I ain't paying attention to no fucking summer league. You know what? Depending. Could have Kaminga and Wiseman and Moody get some run and you can kind of see everything kind of going in motion. Maybe. Just maybe. But Wiseman gotta get his ass on that court. And you might as well give the young boys some some burn too. But yeah, I got a bit my a bit of due to my Warriors. Until October. This is gonna be a golden fucking summer. Not a golden shower, a golden summer. A golden summer, a salty summer. Perfect combination. Perfect combination. Perfect combination. I smell. Is that you, Max? Is that you, Skip? Is that you, Perk? Is that you, Nick? Nick, watch me. Dude can stop me. So emotional. You remind me of my bitch. It's hard to fuck with somebody after she touches me, mommy. I'm not your regular nigga. I know the game, but I don't play by the rules. I'm focusing on my moves. I know y'all will never lose. So y'all can tell by your shoes if you attracted to business with 22. So y'all can fuse you, play little tricks with your head. Catch your feelings ever since the first time I slept in your bed. Uh, I hear the teaching this legion will sell you dreams. Uh, I can't say I love you. I don't know what that means. I'm a pimp. Good to I'm lucky when you're round on top. Feels out the end of the headlock. Yeah, nigga, you know I love the way you make me 
Take me to ecstasy without taking ecstasy. Love it when you rhyme on top. Muscle grill tapping in the headlock. Yeah, <laughs> I really should have just cut the shit off after the first at the after the intro, but fuck it. I smell. Is that you, Perk? I smell. Is that you, Nick? I smell. Is that you, Max? I smell. Is that you, Skip? Y'all is this pussy. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to just touch on this because I just thought the shit was gonna be funny. What's happening in the NBA media, we got a we got kind of a shift going on here. We have the quote-unquote old media standard, such as, you know, the Skip Baylesses, the Mad Dogs, the Stephen A's, the Knicks, the Broussards, the Win the Win Horses. And when I say old guard, I'm talking I'm not talking about age. I'm talking about the style, the hot take. After the first quarter, this person is the greatest person ever. After a bad game, oh my God! If they was top five, they no longer to, uh, they no longer to be uh, need to be considered for Hall of Fame consideration. Shit like that. I mean, of course, it, with these shows, you have so much time that you have to fill for content. Of course, you're going to come across takes that are outlandish you know who used to have the most outlandish takes that i think they just finally just ran his ass out of there his contract they didn't renew him i think he's on fox now i think he's on fox sports now or no matter of fact i think he's on nbc sports if i'm not mistaken um ryan hollins ryan hollins used to have the most horrendous takes but you gave him the benefit of the doubt because now we have this new crop of analysts, but this new crop of analysts are either current NBA players or NBA players that just recently retired. And they're taking, or, they, or should I say, they're looking and looking at the whole content game from a different lens. They're more on facts than hot takes and then attention attention grabbing headlines you know yeah now i've noticed a shift in jj since he's been on espn it's almost like they say and eh, you got can't you got to be a little bit more controversial and also he's paying way too much attention to twitter because twitter is only maybe a half a percent of the majority of his listenership, his viewership, Twitter is not representative of the real world at all. Trust me. I That's my belief, and my belief is shared by numerous, numerous others. But we have CJ McCallum. He was on um, ESPN during the, the, uh, the finals, and there was a segment in which him and J.J. Weddick was debating Stephen A about whether or not Russell Westbrook, no, matter of fact, talking about Darvin Ham, the new head coach of the Lakers. And Stephen A, pretty much when he was talking about 
Russell being in attendance pretty much said it was a bad look for Russell to be in attendance. And CJ and JJ jumped his ass and was like, hold on, how, if he wasn't there, y'all would y'all would have said it was unprofessional. He's being a professional. So this is CJ talking, saying, uh, why would you say that a fellow African-American, a fellow brother, it, you know, it was in bad taste for him to be there. And Stephen A was like, no, come, come on, man. Don't, no, don't go there. You know, what do you mean? I'm going, you said it. You said it. Like, no. And you can see CJ was there just to stir the pot, just to start some shit. But the long clip, which, which they neglected to put out. And, you know, when it was on social media, a lot of people didn't see the full clip. Stephen A explained himself saying, okay, you heard all, all the background noise is that uh, the Lakers are desperately trying to trade Russell Westbrook. So why would Russell be there when the organization is pretty much saying that they don't want you around? They don't want you on the team. They don't feel like they're going forward with you in the future. And he fleshed out his argument. But it was CJ, to me, was holding Stephen A accountable on the words that come out of his mouth. And if he says that statement of, yeah, I, I, I think it was, you know, which call Russell was wrong for being there. He shouldn't have been there. And left it at that, then that's the headline. Stephen A says, Russell had no business being at the at the introductory um, press conference for Darvin Ham. But by CJ being combative with Stephen A about what he said, that made Stephen A have to flesh out his argument. And therefore, now you understood where it was coming from. So he made sure that hot take didn't reach his apex. No, we're going to flesh this out. Because, yes, yeah, Stephen A was looking crazy. JJ on numerous times with Mad Dog Russo's on there. Mad Dog will say, oh, these players, oh, it was better in the 50s. And CJ will bring them up. Will bring up fact after fact after fact. Whether you like it or not, a fact is a fact. I'm not an analytic dude, but he'll, he'll have numbers to back it up. Even though he thought Dallas was going to be Golden State and he thought... Boston was going to be Golden State. And let's see if he has the same energy this week to stand on it. But that's what Draymond was called the new media. He says he's part of the new media. That all these former players are part of the new media. And the new media means actually trying to expand the knowledge of the common listener to the game of basketball. And just it doesn't even just have to be the game of basketball, but just whatever sport you're talking about, be knowledgeable and be respectful instead of tearing everybody down just to have that headline. And yeah, Draymond, which is kind of hypocritical because Draymond been talking shit, but at the same time, he knows the shit that he talks, especially during a series, especially during the season, he has to back it up. And he has to be accountable to wait for what he says on the court.
And that's to me what made game six was so special for Draymond. Because all the background noise of is the podcast getting in his way. Mind you, he start he's he started this podcast at the beginning of the season. And until he got hurt, they were forty eight I think they was forty and thirteen. Neck and neck with Phoenix for the best record in the in the Western Conference. But he held himself accountable. He said, you know what? I'm not giving none of these motherfuckers not an inch, not no reason to say shit. It will not be my fault that we don't win this championship. It's best believe because, yeah. Or it would have been fuck Draymond all summer in Dubai. And it would have been fuck Draymond all summer in Donnie Ooze's house, in Donnie Ooze's humble abode. But yeah, that's really it. You know, Max... Max is trying to start that narrative of, yeah, you know, Wiggins should be MVP or should be in consideration. And some people start trying to jump on that. Greeny even start trying to do that shit, which Greeny needs to mind his fucking business. If he knows it's good for him, no threat. I'm just saying. Just needs to mind his business. It's just that type of gotcha journalism. Has to, is is going out the way. I mean, it's going it's going the way of yesterday's news. You have Patrick Beverly now regular on ESPN um, programming, and after that initial Chris Chris Paul burial that he did that for the the day after they got smoked by Dallas in the semi uh, in the semi semifinals. You know he's been very provocative with his with his thoughts. And I think last week or week before last, after he did first take and get up and all that, he went to the court and was fourth, balled out. I'm not sure, quite sure how uh, Minnesota is going to like that because he tweaked his, tweaked his knee. But, yeah, you know, welcome, Patrick. Welcome to the concrete jungle. I know he's from Chicago, so, but, yeah, it's a different beast over here, but welcome. But yeah, that that's that's really it. I just had to get those those the witch those couple couple cents off, you know, and get the fuck out of here.
Father's Day. Father's Day 2020. I'm not going to lie. Father's Day. Well, Father's Day weekend. Started out. Bittersweet. As I said at the beginning. Uh, this weekend, my youngest daughter graduated from junior high school. So she's about to embark into the high school experience. And being the fact that I don't plan me or the newest snapback box. You want to know why snapbacks. But yeah, me or the newest Lewis snapback box. You know, the sponsor of the Lewis. Well, the Lewis, uh, Salty Daughters Donnie Who podcast. Yeah, fuck it. You know, like I said, I'm probably on Blue Moon 11 or whatever. We don't plan on having any more kids. So yeah, pretty much this is the last, the last journey. The journey into adulthood. You know, next step. But I say all that to say, um, this unfortunately is the second Father's Day that I'm living through um, without my oldest son here. So him and his youngest sister extremely close you know when they were especially when she was little he would he just he 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 just had a special bond with his sisters so a lot of memories were were coming back into my mind um concerning past graduations that he was there for with his older sister well old yeah with the older sister so you know it just kind of like I said, it was bittersweet. Um, but Father's Day, only up until recently, did I really make a big, make a thing of Father's Day. Let me explain. You know, before my, my, my thoughts were, my thoughts were, eh, you know, Father's Day, sure. I don't need, I don't need no congratulations on one day. I'm a father 360 days, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 12 months a year. Pretty much until I take my last breath, I'm a father. So I didn't need any special pat on the back for one day that was always my belief still my belief now but in my middle age i've kind of i want to say matter of fact father's day pandemic so father's day 2020 was the first father's day that i can truly say that um first i was off which was a which was a shock also, it's the first Father's Day. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of Father's Day. And my family, my, my wife and my children, they allowed me to take advantage of Father's Day. Pretty much was like, look, do whatever the fuck you want to do. If you want to sleep all day, by all means. You want to watch TV. You don't got to worry about me. Oh, which car? You calling the TVs. You want to play your video game? Do so. You want to get drunk all day? do so within reason so and of course this water i've been drinking is trying to say uh 
hurry up, but I'm not finished. But yeah, um, I just chose to actually enjoy Father's Day. So this year was, was, was actually, you know, all things considering, was okay. Was okay. You know, I'll tell you what I actually did on Father's Day next week. But um, that song, even though I know it's not for fathers, for mothers, for parents or whatever, but it's still, the things remains the same. Uh, my wife, I love her to death because first she's the one who made me a father. And um, after 20, going on 28 years together, I still look at look upon her. I look upon her eyes, with her dreamy eyes, and her soft, raspy voice. Babe, I love you, babe. I don't know why I say that. Like she, like she fucking Marge on The Simpsons. Homer. No matter of fact, Marge's Marge's sister. Homer. Uh, Bart. Marge. Lisa. Yeah, but no, I digress. Um. Yeah, I just, I just, I look, I look at her with the same, with the same thoughts, maybe even more enhanced. Um, I look at her beauty, you know, she, trust and believe me, she is, you know, getting older with grace and every, every, every living minute. It's just, it just seems like her beauty just amplifies even more. Ah, anyway. But yeah, and my children always make me feel so great when it comes to Father's Day. Like my um my oldest daughter, she, for years she always make well she used to make you know actually make me homemade cards. Even to the point when she got to high school, she tried to give me a regular card. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I want a homemade card. But dad, dad, nothing. What a fucking homemade card. All right, you know, go on. Go to the arts and crafts store, you know, get some, get some, um, get some cardboard, cardboard paper, get some crayons or, or some markers, you know, do the damn thing. <laughs> you know, she woke me up this morning with a card, you know, bought card. And, uh, what was inside the card actually probably touched me more than if it was a homemade card, even though, of course, I had to give a jab. That's just how me and my daughter are. You know, for some reason, I just, I just like, nitpicking with her and fucking with her then you know but she knows when i do it i'm doing it out of love and i i try not to go about you know beyond the line of dad really you really you really trying me you really blowing mine <laughs> you know my youngest the graduate she came in one o'clock in the morning Happy Father's Day, yeah. She don't, she don't, she don't waste no fucking time. She's like, nah. Shoot, birthdays. She'll make sure she wait up. Twelve oh one, no later than twelve oh one. My baby coming in the room. Happy birthday. So, yeah, it's just uh, you know, but Father's Day made me think of these three things that I said I was going to talk about in the intro and then the intro just 
took upon a life upon its own. So I just said, fuck it. I'll give it its own segment. Because it's Father's Day. And it's my podcast. So I can do what the fuck I want. Um, Father's Day. Matter of fact, I was watching Obi-Wan Kenobi. Let me just get into it like that. Like that. And... No, yeah, I was watching Obi-Wan Kenobi and spoiler alert, I'm not, I'm going to really try not to give out any spoilers because I haven't really watched the whole thing myself. My wife was watching it. I sat down. I, I said, you know what? Let me, let me look at her. Let me look at it with her. But she was already, I guess, at the last episode, unbeknownst to me. So I've actually seen the end before I've seen the beginning. And I know it's supposed to take place 10 years. I know it's supposed to take 10 years after Return of the Sith. So, um, Princess Leia and, of course, her twin brother Luke are 10. And Princess Leia is on the run, right? She's being protected by Obi-Wan. And if anybody, well, people who know that my thoughts on Star Wars, I hate Obi-Wan. I am a Sith. I am partial to Anakin. I believe... Anakin became Darth Vader because of Obi-Wan. Also because of the fucking arrogant ass Jedi's, but because of Obi-Wan. That's why he leaned over to the dark side. That's why he easily, easily was manipulated by Palpatine. Because of Obi-Wan. Because Obi-Wan was playing fucking games. That was Obi-Wan's Padawan. And he was playing fucking games. Playing fucking mind games. He led Anakin to believe that he was going to finally be a Jedi. But no, 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 no. Oh, no. We, which guard? We have a, you know, we have, we have a, we have a questions. No, we don't think he's ready. We don't think he's ready. He's, he was never fucking ready. Instead of Obi-Wan pushing for him to be a Jedi. No. He, 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 which guard, he allowed to be, he allowed himself to be swayed by the rest of the council. Also, Obi-Wan, through the, uh, which guard, his, his close friendship with Padme. Instead of, if you know that Anakin is fighting his inner hate, is fighting his inner Sith, why, tell me, why, did you allow yourself to be seen as a threat to Padme? You knew Anakin loved Padme and you made it look or you allowed it to look as if Padme and you had a burgeoning relationship. You caused Anakin to choke the life out of Padme. You made Padme betray me. Remember that, Obi-Wan? 
You hid the fact that Padme was pregnant with two, not one, but two of Anakin's seeds. You made a point to make sure that Anakin never knew that he had children out in this world. And for that, I feel that, well, that's, for that, that's the reason why I hate fucking Obi-Wan. Wouldn't it be good to, uh, uh, which go uh, wouldn't it be, uh, fucking do-gooder? Yeah. Finally got out of my mouth. Why? You, you forced Anakin to go to the dark side. Because all he wanted to do was save his wife. Save his wife. Raise his children. And if you were so afraid that Anakin had acquired so much power at such a young age, do you not feel, did you not think that Anakin was going to have the feeling, the vibes that he had children in the galaxy? But no. No, you, 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 you choose to actively hide his daughter. Hide, eventually, his son. And then try to play fucking mentor to his son. Try to play father figure to his son. Bullshit. Fucking bullshit. And for that reason, I hate Obi-Wan. For that reason... It was such a sad Father's Day when I was watching Obi-Wan because it just reminded me that Obi-Wan's a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. His son is a piece of shit. His whole family is a piece of shit. Now, the second thing I had to say about Father's Day is this. And this is not going to be popular, but it's fucking true. It's fucking fact. Please. The masses. Please, the population, please. On Father's Day, stop. Females, please stop saying happy Father's Day to me. And this is not to take away from any of the single, you know, the single parent households that they have to do. Not at all. But what the fuck? Yo, there's a motherfucker walking down the block with a machete. And that's telling me to exit stage right. This will continue later. Yeah, like I was saying before I got, I wouldn't even say rudely interrupted. I just happened to hear a sound. So something told me to look behind me, right? And I look behind me and I see this dude walking down, like hitting the garbage can. So I'm thinking he got a bat or something, or maybe he's looking maybe to to hit somebody's car window out or something. So of course now I'm on point. And so he hit the tree. I'm like, okay. But like I said, it was dark. And then he's walking and he's walking and he, he just put the shit up in the air and I just like look the sort of shape of a machete. I'm like, yo. And then y'all didn't hear this part because I quickly stopped that recording and got the fuck out of Dodge. 
he rich girl, he hit it against the, the fence. So they all you hear. Ding, 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 I'm like, yo, it's fucking Father's Day. I'm trying to remain a father to my kids, my try to remain a husband to my wife. I gotta get the fuck up out of here. I can finish doing this in my noisy ass house. Um, so y'all gonna hear the background noise of some reasonable drought by stove guard cooks while I'm doing this just to drown up some other shit. So yeah, anyway. Like I was saying, that that was never my intention to just try to disregard, you know, the hard work a woman can take by themselves to raise a child. But because I mean, like, shoot, I was raised by my mama. I was raised by my mama, helped out by my grandmama. And auntie, which girl helped out sometimes, too. So I was raised by women. But I also know in my older age and raising my children, there's certain things I can bestow to my children, but it's only going to come from a male point of view. It's going to come from a man point of view. It's only going to come from a father point of view. Other things you got to go and talk to your mom about because there's certain things I just haven't experienced because I'm a man. So I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to get into all the in particular, in all the particulars like, yo, what you call These deadbeat motherfuckers, blah, blah, blah. We're not talking about that. We're talking just about fathers fathers you know so i just feel like look on mother's day y'all get everything that encompasses that so we can't just go around talk about yo yo i cook sometime yo happy mother's day to me can't do it and i that's probably i probably should refrain from talking anymore about it because like i said i'm not trying to get you know, have a controversial view on this. I'm just speaking my mind, you know, so that's that. But I, I, like I said, this probably because I'm paying more attention to Father's Day the last couple of years, but I just feel like, like, yo, we let y'all rock. Let us rock. You know, those of us that deserve to rock, let us rock. That's all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I took the work and baptized it. I ran it up and the Heisman. So the break out the church parking lot. Hallelujah. Yeah, yo, this is my shit. Anyway. <clears throat> Last but not least. Even though I always bring this up last for no reason, because just couldn't read my fucking mind. It's just going. The last topic I wanted to breach upon or speak upon on this on this Father's Day, it's, like I said, the graduation of my daughter, me, my wife, my oldest daughter was in attendance, and just for comedy's sake, it was the the door. Which probably great is just the fact that it was just bad timing. It was like ninety five. It was like ninety three degrees Friday, the day before the graduation. Saturday, being the fact it was outside, it was like sixty five degrees and windy. So you know you wouldn't think ninety to sixty five, but it was what it was. But the wind was wrecking havoc. On two, three, three occasions, it knocked the school sign off the podium. 
the skate, the skirt on the stage was coming apart. The speakers fell numerous times because people aren't brain surgeons and they just couldn't figure out why if you got a big old extension pole, why don't you bring the big head speaker down so the wind would not have enough gust to knock it on its ass. But no, you know, shoot, you would think I'm the instructor. But yeah, so numerous graduates hats for flying upon all upon the place all over the place just it was beautiful it's beautiful you know so like i said just another step just another step in the progression another another stage in fatherhood yeah so i don't know but yeah, that's 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 pretty much my my, my Father's Day spiel. Uh, hopefully that shit don't get me in trouble. Well, people, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Salty Thoughts of Donnie Ooh podcast. A very dangerous edition. You see what I go through just to give y'all what y'all richly deserve, what y'all richly need, what y'all richly you know, whatever else superlative you can add on to the shit. I put myself in bodily harm to give y'all this product. Yeah. Well, happy three-year anniversary to me. It was eventful. But um, it was what it was. It was a very eventful weekend. And um, hopefully I can get another year out the sponge that they call it the salty thought to Donnie Ooh podcast. Yeah. Next week, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about because the whole slate is clear. It's clean. It's just a nice whiteboard waiting for me to mark it up with some gibberish. So that's what's going to be on deck next week. Donnie Ooh speaking gibberish to the masses. Ha. Huh. This would be normally the time that I talk about my mother effing plugs. How I talk about, you know, who are who I like to who I like listening to, who I like for y'all to listen to. And I guess without further ado. For lack of a better term, because I just didn't want to use that anymore, but whatever. Heck on the plugs. Easytree.me slash what a Donnie Ooh. Easytree.me slash what a Donnie Ooh for everything Donnie Ooh. This podcast you're listening to can be reached also at easytree.me slash what a Donnie Ooh. Salty Thoughts of Donnie Ooh merch can be bought at easytree.me slash what a Donnie Ooh. And if you want to hear Donnie Ooh's music, because you know, my music is actually a little bit on par with this music. But my music is hot fire. That can be heard at easytree.me slash for the Donnie Ooh. As always, the Sochi Thoughts of Donnie Ooh podcast can be heard on multiple streaming platforms wherever podcasting is available. Pi, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, amongst others. And if you don't feel like doing that, 
you can take my RSS feed, insert it in your podcasting apparatus, and you know what will happen if you insert my RSS feed into your podcasting apparatus. Yes, if you guessed it, you're fucking right. Donnie Ooze black ass will pop up in said feed. Yeah. Those, I guess, were the plugs for me. Now the plugs for others. Check out the Black Rastin Podcast. Check out the Black Rastin Podcast on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Check them out on each and every Thursday around 8.35 p.m. for BRP Live. With Drip, Math, Fam, Cal, and Mimi. Check them out on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Check them out this weekend for the double dip. But also, the yearly tradition, the BRP 50, where they rank the top black wrestlers in the world of professional wrestling check them out on youtube like and subscribe check them out on patreon which is what black wrestling slash patreon pay to one pay to five or pay to one pay to ten whatever just subscribe check out my bro the mojo king and his hidden gems golf that's right hidden gems golf where each week mojo on Earths all the hidden gems in the world of fantasy golf. Check him out, even if you're not interested in fantasy golf, because he always will have some tidbits, some jewels for you to uh, marinate on. But I've told y'all once, I told y'all again, and I'm going to tell y'all again. Check out. Hidden Gems Golf with the Mojo King because the Mojo King loves to double dip and double dip he does with a special Father's Day episode of his second endeavor in which him, the Mojo King, and his partner, Willie Freeman, unearths all the hidden gems in the history of hip-hop. But this week, they dropped a Father's Day episode. And I'm going to read from the subscription from the description so I don't butcher this plug any further. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hidden Gems tribute to all the dads out there. In this Father's Day special, Willie and Mo talk about some of their favorite celebrations of the father-child relationship in hip hop. Included in this episode, Jay-Z, Nas, The Game, DMX, Jewel Santana, Will Smith, and Shaquille O'Neal. Then the hosts focus on two of their favorite songs about fatherhood ever produced in hip-hop. The Foundation by Exhibit and Father's Day by Chino XL. Finally, Willie and Mo turn their attention to the next generation, the kids of the art form. Wu-Tang, Ice Cube, Easy e E-40, Big Pun, and Roz Koss have all sides some talented children come celebrate with them oh yeah by the way happy father's day yeah that's what's on deck this week on hip hop hidden gems damn that's right hip hop hidden gems hip hop hidden gems and hidden gems golf are both a part of the yo that sounded orgasmic let's try that again Hip hop, hidden gems, and hidden gems golf are both a part of the 19 Media Group. You know what else is a part of the 
That's right. G I. Yeah. G I. Gimmick infringement. We're the good brothers from Arizona. Winchester and McDowell. Each week. Let y'all know all the happenings in the world of professional wrestling. Specifically AEW. But they will. Sprinkle there. G.I. Charm on WWE, Impact, and New Japan when it's warranted. And yes, with Forbidden Door, pretty much, you can knock on the door right now. And Forbidden Door is going to be here. Your go-to place for everything Forbidden Door, for everything New Japan, for everything AEW is And McDowell or Winchester and McDowell. If you're not even interested in pro wrestling, check them out because they have segments specifically, specifically for your listening pleasure. We have Hot Take Ta. That's right, Hot Take Ta. Where McDowell. Let's the world know what has gotten his gander this past week. Check out back in the day where they talk about, you guessed it, shit that happened back in the day. And also check out one day when you're a parent. When Winchester shares some of the stories, some of the journeys, some of the adventures with him and his beloved little one and tries to let Tyler know one day, if you have children, this is in store for you. All that and more each week on gimmick infringement. Winchester and McDowell. And why did I say that? Like I'm constipated. I got a doo-doo rap. I got a doo-doo. Sitting on the toilet. Waiting for my bowels to move. I got a doo-doo rap. I got a doo-doo. <laughs> Sorry about that. But you know, when the mood just hits me, I got to just let it fly. And you know who else lets it fly? Gimmick infringement, Winchester, and McDowell. Check them out because they also a part of the 19 Media Group. And check out the legend. But more buttons on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Check out his latest episode in which but more bottles. Tested out the simply spiked collection, the watermelon, the watermelon, the watermelon, the regular lemonade, the strawberry, the blueberry. You let y'all know on the body more bottom scale of one to four or one to five. 
which ones are worth your palate. Check out Bot War Bots on YouTube. Like and subscribe. What the fuck? Yeah. So that really brings us to the end of this edition. Hopefully, I didn't break any, blow any speakers. Hopefully, I didn't break any eardrums. And if you still have that hearing function still functioning, check me out next week. Where Donnie Ooh will spread his salty thoughts from him to you. Goodbye. Oh, that shit was cheesy. That shit was really cheesy. Spread my salty thoughts from him to you. Like I'm a fucking Hallmark card. The fuck? That's really crazy. I just couldn't leave it out on that note. Because, you know, I'm a messy motherfucker. Embrace the mess, right, Winchester? Embrace the mess! Goodbye! Bye. Afternoon, Mr. Mangin. Good afternoon. Yeah, I've got uh, three problems in my mm-hmm. class. The first one is a Dinko D. He's always right. zoning out, spacing. Put him in detention. Rhyme. Yeah, I know what you want to do. He's always about. talking to the girls, talking in class, starting trouble. Yeah, he's a hardcore girls. problem. Uh, detention.
you suggest that we do about Buster Rhyme, Charlie Brown, and Dinko D? Those three problems, they're never going to amount to anything anyway. Throw them all out. Expel them. Kevin 
Miguel Scott Work Jabbar and magic Oh my god, it's magic Isaiah Dumas, I would carve your casket Phil Scotty and Mike Phil Shaq and Cody My gas will detach your homies And I'm friends with thugs I sell endless drugs For the rock fam dog I extend my love Jay Bleak Tossing the bridge, tossing their wigs, make corpses of their kids. Free old sparks of Mac Mittens. I'm 95 South, no doubt, Mac Clippin'. I stack chips in, I'm Sash Fippin'. Weed baton loafers, hat trippin'. I go retrieve a duck, tell her proceed and suck. I don't just beat my cases, I beat them up. My lawyer eat them up with bars behind me. I'm glad they didn't stop that car behind me, shit. And had three fellas, gun shooters, no. Biggie Cal, ACP, with Super Joe. Don't be stupid, though. I can spill a man. I'm for real, man. Yeah, kill a kid. Uh, dipset, bitch. Somebody got some hats, somebody got some tape, something you got, bees got pearl, legendary with your top of the world. 